What have you learned from your experience on YouTube about the importance of, of consistency? Um, and also from what you kind of, what typically happens with viral videos is just there's, it's so impossibly hard to predict the outcome. Right. So a lot of people say a lot of people on YouTube will make videos called how to make a viral video. And in marketing, it's all like, here are the secret source. Here are the secret principles. But in reality, you can only you can ha you can guess a couple of principles, but the outcome is hard to predict. So what have you learned about consistency, but then also being able to predict the outcome? Yeah. Uh, I, when I was listening to your your compounding chapter, I just found myself like nodding along like an absolute maniac to, to everything you were saying. I think. It, it applies so much to YouTube. Uh, the, these days, I, I teach people how to how to be part-time YouTubers. And the, and the thing I say is that if you make one video every week for two years, then I 100% guarantee it will change your life. I can't put any numbers on it. I can't tell you you'll have 100,000 subscribers or how much money you'll be making, but I can 100% guarantee it will change your life. At the very least, in terms of the skills and the experience and the contacts and the friends you're going to make through that process, but you have to put out one video a week and you have to do it for at least two years. <laughs> um, can and, I just yeah, ask please. on that then, on that point there, what is it that will, would make someone do that? Because, I mean, that's like fucking clean the floor every day for two years and I promise you it'll work out for you. Mm. It Like people don't seem to be able to do those kinds of things without some kind of intrinsic driver. So I'm like, I'm curious, because you could say that to a million people, you could broadcast that through a tannoy and 95% plus will still fail. So what is it that makes people from your your experience, but also yeah, from your own life, makes them do the work without guarantee of outcome? Yeah, I think, again, <laughs> I feel like there's a bit of a cop out because this is stuff that you talk about, uh, like in, enjoying the process. And this is kind of the theme of the book that I'm writing around how, you know, it's actually quite hard to show up week after week, not see any results, not see the views and the subscribers going up and, and stuff particularly quickly. But the thing that makes it bearable, the thing that makes it fun is actually just enjoying the process and shifting away from outcome oriented goals, like a certain number of views, a certain number of subscribers mm -hmm. and more towards goals that are hundred percent within our control. Like I just want to make two videos a week. And if I'm happy with the video, then it goes out. And in fact, even if I'm not happy with the video, it goes out anyway. And everyone I know who has succeeded on YouTube has had that kind of attitude at some point. I just have to get that video out every Tuesday without fail. It's not an option. It's going to get done. And, you know, like you say, when we, when we talk, when we talk about compounding that, that video on day one, isn't going to do anything. The video on day two or day three or day 24 is not going to do anything, but you find when you're on day 300 and day 600, that oh, actually all of this stuff has been compounding very, very slowly. And then the results happen really, really, really slowly. And then all at once, as soon as you just get that one video that, that goes viral. That is, I think it, that's the chapter where I talk about the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah, that's it with Warren Buffett and my dog Pablo being the, the opposing investor. And I genuinely, I think I learned that lesson when I wrote the book. When I look back on my life and I thought about all the things that had compounded in my favor, wh whether it was like my, honestly, I'm going to be, keep it facts with you. My teeth, had some problems with my teeth and I thought, do you know why? And I, I probably referenced this in the book. Like I, I hadn't been brushing one of my teeth properly. And it never mattered today or tomorrow or the day after, but there I was in that dentist chair having my teeth fucking pulled out. And then my Instagram was the same. Um, health and fitness at the moment, the same. My business was the same. And it just goes to show that it's not those key critical big decisions we make to drop out. It's that like, yeah, it's the, the compounding small, almost uh, irrelevant decisions. Um, yeah. But people don't, because uh, I heard you started working out. 
I did, yeah. And then you stopped. <laughs> uh, I, so I've, I've had a personal trainer now for the last kind of eight months or there so. There you go. Amazing. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been, I've been going on and off with the workout thing since the age of 18 and never done it properly until I got a personal trainer where now I'm having to show up. I'm paying someone 30 quid an hour to basically just be with me while I'm doing stuff. And that has been the thing that's given me the most results. Uh, so I think whatever, like I, I find in my life for, for things for things that I actually care about where I'm like, okay, I actually care about becoming a happy, sexy millionaire or whatever. Let me try and figure out ways that will remove my own need for discipline and willpower from that equation. And instead get an accountability buddy or get a coach or pay a friend a hundred quid if I don't do the thing. This was what my brother and I did when we were trying to motivate ourselves. I was doing songwriting. He was doing stand-up comedy. We're like, right, if we don't do this every Thursday for half an hour, we're going to pay each other 50 quid. Um, things like that to remove the choice, the motivation, the willpower, the discipline. All, the, the more of that can be outsourced to someone else or removed completely, the more I find I actually get stuff done. And then I don't have to worry about it because I'm like, okay, this is taken care of. I just show up. I guess you're removing, you're moving the motive, as opposed to like removing, you're moving it to another pact. Like NIRIL refers to it as what you've described as a financial pact, mm. where now your motivation is to not lose 50 quid. <laughs> it's like, because that is, that's a greater motivating force than you have within yourself to work out. That's yeah. interesting. Is that sustainable? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is all the stuff that I'm researching for the for, for, for the book at the moment. Um, and, you, and you talk about this as well, like in intrinsic and, and extrinsic motivation. And the way that I, th I think of it when I, when I think back on my life is that everything that I've done sustainably has been because of intrinsic motivation. I've genuinely enjoyed the thing. But you can genuinely enjoy a thing and still find it really hard to get started. And I think that's where the biggest procrastination comes in for all of us, where it's actually just showing up to the gym. That's the hard part. Like once you're there, it's kind of easy. It's writing those first 10 words because once you've started writing the first 10, it's kind of easier to enjoy the process of writing the rest of them. And so the, and so the way I think about it is to, to get over that like hump of procrastination, that activation energy to get started. At that point, I will use every tool that in my arsenal to just just get me to do the thing for two minutes. Because I think once once you do the thing for two minutes, it becomes so much easier to actually enjoy the process and and, and sustain it. And and you're so right when it comes to procrastination, like that getting started point. Um, I've again just learned this from podcast guests I've had. Nir Ayala, again, I refer to him. He he said to me one day on this podcast, he was like, "People procrastinate usually because there's um, a great deal of psychological discomfort surrounding starting the task, and a lot of the time, especially with a gym or even an essay, that psychological discomfort is like you don't have the answers, so I don't know how to use the machines." at the gym or I don't actually have I don't feel competent enough to even write this essay so I'm just gonna do the fucking dishes yeah it's like <laughs> I'm gonna hoover the, the whole house and anyone else's house that needs hoovering today exactly um you you wrote you made a video about procrastination didn't you yeah yeah break that down for me what's the, what's in the video um so the video is called how to stop procrastinating right yeah um so the the way I think about pro procrastination basically Procrastination is a problem with getting started. Um, kind of this this law of inertia, uh, Newton's first law that if something is at rest, it will continue to stay at rest. But if something's moving, it will continue to move without needing an external force. And so the key to overcoming procrastination is that little that that little, that little nudge at the start towards actually getting started. And all of the techniques around that, like in the whole like psych psychology research or research around this, is just around making make make it as easy as possible. Um, so reduce all of the friction to doing it. If you want to learn the guitar, then have the guitar by your sofa rather than in the wardrobe where you're never going to see it. And if it's out of sight, it's out of mind, you're never going to do it. 
there's like the external environmental friction towards doing the thing. But then there's also the internal friction. It's like those narratives that we tell ourselves, the, oh, the, the psychological discomfort of going to the gym, the I don't want to see how other people are gonna see me, the even, even having, having the wrong sort of goal. Like if my goal in writing the book is, oh, I really wanna hit the New York Times bestseller list, then it's really, really hard to bring myself to write anything because now every single word I have to write has to be a New York Times bestselling word. Whereas if the goal is, to be honest, I just wanna write a book I'm proud of that's fun to, fun to write, that's actually within my control. And it becomes so much easier to get started at doing the thing. Um, so to overcome procrastination, we need to eliminate external friction, i.e. the environmental stuff. We need to try our best to get rid of the internal friction, like the emotional side of it, the mindset, the perfectionism, the, the fear, the discomfort. And then if we still need help, there are a few, a few hacks. The, the one that I use all the time is the, the two minute rule, which is where I will genuinely convince myself I'm only gonna do it for two minutes. Uh, and if I want, I'm allowed to stop after the two minutes because two minutes is better than nothing. But like 95% of the time I decide to continue because two minutes is all you need to change your life. Yeah. I should, I should tweet that, that's good. It's so, yeah, that's really good. I, and I, that two minute thing is fascinating to me because I, one of the things that um, I see as another psychological barrier to starting is people view it as like, they view the challenge as Mount Everest. Whereas if, like they've got a, I'll say it in another way, they view the challenge as moving Mount Everest. And really if they viewed it as just like moving one pebble at a time, it becomes such a simple task. Yeah. And I get this a lot when entrepreneurs ask me, they say, Steve, I want to start a business. Where do I start? And you can hear in the question that they see it as moving Mount Everest. Yeah. And I'm like, well, today, all you have to do is think of a name. Just think of like 50 names, make a short list of names. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll revisit it tomorrow. And then tomorrow, maybe think of, you know, go and check if the website's available. And then we'll revisit it the day after. Yeah. And when it becomes that, and when it becomes sort of really small itemized, one small step at a time and you're not having to get from stair zero yeah. to a thousand immediately it becomes so you know the psychological discomfort fades away it feels achievable and that your two minute rule is doing a similar thing where it's saying well today only i've, I've only got to do just just if i can open the word document and write yeah, the title exactly. and then we're done <laughs> you know and so yeah. that's fascinating what about re re you, you were going to say something else there yeah i mean uh, just just to your point there um have you have you come across the, the blog wait but why no. Oh, it's incredible. You should definitely interview Tim Urban when you're in America. Oh, in I, do you know what? I literally yesterday went on his Instagram and sent him a DM. Oh, great. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Any, any podcast he's ever been on, I've been like, oh, this is so sick. Uh, he has a great blog post series about overcoming procrastination. And the way he refers to that, that, that point you just made is that um, there are lots of tasks that are very like vague and icky. Mm. And you have to be able to unickify a task. Uh, and something like start a business is icky. Something like learn to code is icky because like, what the hell does that even mean? Like, where do you even start? Whereas brainstorm 10 ideas for a name and pick one of them is a very clearly defined next action step. And so I get this with students all the time where people are like, oh, I don't have the motivation to study for my chemistry exam. It's like, what's on your to-do list? Study for my chemistry exam. That's never gonna happen. Read chapter one and answer questions four to five are a reasonable thing, a reasonably defined next action step. Mm. And so what I do is anytime I find myself procrastinating from something, I think, okay, am I procrastinating because I actually, the, the task is too icky. I, I don't know what I have to do. Because once I know what I have to do, I can then do it for two minutes and it gets done. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky. And it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one of a kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky, and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one of a kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode.